Hello and welcome to Joel Johnson's Money Wisdom. I'm John Stillman alongside Joel Johnson, Certified Financial Planner and the CEO of Johnson Brunetti, the official wealth management partner of the Yukon Huskies. He's been published in Forbes and the Hartford Business Journal. He's the host of Better Money on WFSB Channel 3 on the Saturday and Sunday morning news with Kara Sundlin and also on WCBB Channel 5 in Boston. He's authored six of his own books. He's husband to Wendy, father to Brandon, Michael, Joel, and Noah. And it's always a pleasure to get your wisdom on the program, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm excited about the program today. We're going to use some analogies here to describe various investment decisions that people have to make. So let's think about three different games you can play. We're going to talk about chess. We're going to talk about roulette and poker. Do you know that I was in chess club in junior high, John? Uh, I did not know that. I don't know that it completely surprises me. I could see that. It's, uh, it was fun. Do you still play much? No, uh, actually, I didn't for many, many years, but my son has uh, started to pursue chess. So many times he'll bring a chess board over when he comes over for dinner. So back in the 90s, I had this game on the computer called Battle Chess. It was on floppy disk. Um, and so the, the pieces would actually fight each other. So like if you move the pawn to attack the knight, like they would fight. And then, you know, the pawn would like pull out a dagger and kill the knight. You know, it was pretty, pretty interesting <laughs> way to that play. That sounds chess. like something that has been banned in this day and age. <laughs> Probably of, so. Know, everything being so sanitized. Probably would be hard to find battle chess these days. <laughs> kind of like lawn darts, right? <laughs> right. They're, they're in the same storage closet of culture that will never be opened again. Um, so chess, roulette, and poker. Let's, let's think about the difference in these three types of games. Chess is purely skill, right? Like all of the information is available to you. There's nothing that you don't know. You can see the board. You can see your opponent's pieces. There's technically always a correct move to make. That's why a computer can beat a chess master because analytically speaking, there's always a correct move. Roulette. Is that that true though? Can a computer always beat a chess master? Well, not always, but it certainly has happened a lot. Uh, You've seen the guys get mad and like they throw down their pieces because they didn't think the computer could beat them. Um, so that's one end of the spectrum. At the other end of the spectrum, we have roulette, which is pure luck, right? There's no skill involved. It's just happenstance. And then in the middle, we have poker, where there's certainly skill involved to be good at poker, but there's also information you don't know. You don't know what your opponent has in their hand. And so you have to use the skill, but there's also luck involved, okay? So I'm going to give you a financial situation and approach a decision something like that you tell us if it's more like chess purely skill is it roulette purely luck or is it poker some of both you follow Mm -hmm. all right so let's start with timing the market is that chess is that roulette or is that poker before I answer that question, John, let me just talk about um, the fact that some people will disagree with me, uh, and that's okay. And one of the reasons why people will disagree is because many times people don't attribute luck enough to good decisions they've made in their lives. Timing the market, I'm going to put that, that into the category of mostly roulette, of pure luck, and a little bit of poker because you can do some analysis where um, timing the market can be predicted a little bit um, based on different moves and so on. But for the most part, it's luck. And that's why it's so dangerous because if somebody's right once, they will think they're really good and many times blow themselves up later. 
Okay, so mostly luck if you're trying to time the market. Mostly roulette. How about this? Deciding how much money to convert from an IRA to a Roth IRA. Chess, roulette, or poker? That's absolutely chess. That is a that is a decision that's a analytical decision. And the only thing you have to assume there is what taxes will be in the future, but you don't even have to assume that. So um, I think that's a pretty pure chess decision of what should be converted. Many times people may need help making that decision. Um, and it's, by the way, it's counterintuitive because you're giving up some money today because you're paying some taxes today to pay less in the future or to have flexibility in the future. So it's a little hard for some people to make that decision. But that is an analytical decision. That is a chess decision whether you should convert to a Roth or not. Just to be sure that we're not uh, getting too far into the weeds, maybe you should give us a 30-second primer on what we're talking about when we talk about a Roth conversion. Well, sure. So there are traditional retirement accounts, 401k, 403bs, like tax sheltered annuities if you work for a hospital or if you're a teacher, and then you have the IRAs or simple IRAs and so on. And the money typically goes in those accounts pre-tax. And then when it grows, it grows tax deferred. And then when we take the money out, it is tax a bull. So we're going to pay taxes on the money when we take it out, but we got a tax break for putting it in. The Roth is exactly the opposite. We don't get a tax break when we put the money in. It grows tax-free, and when we take it out, it's tax-free. So if I invest $10,000 in a traditional account today, I'm going to get a deduction on the $10,000, but if that grows to $40,000 in retirement, I'm going to pay tax on the whole $40,000. If I invest $10,000 in a Roth today, I don't get a tax break today, but if that grows to 40000 the entire 40000 is tax-free. And so what some people do is they take that money in their traditional accounts and they convert it over to a Roth. And they can do that, and now that account will be tax-free forever, but they have to pay taxes on when they do it. So when they do it, they're paying the taxes due on the account. I have a pretty good amount of money in Roth IRAs. I have converted money over to Roth IRAs. I've paid some taxes today so that a bigger pot of money can be tax-free in the future. That's what a Roth conversion is. You're listening to Joel Johnson's Money Wisdom. We're talking about different financial strategies and whether they would be most closely aligned with chess, roulette, or poker. Chess being all skill, purely analytical. Roulette being all luck. Poker being some skill, some luck. Okay. Uh, how about deciding on a retirement date? Joel, chess, roulette, or poker? Um, I would say that is pretty much chess, although there are some emotions that go into that decision. But it's, it's you know, can you retire? I guess there's two things. There's one is, can you afford to retire on that date? Um, or when can you afford to retire? And then do you want to? And I think do you want to is a little bit of a feel, but what comes first is chess, is that analytical part of when can I retire? And the first step to answer there is how much income do you want in retirement adjusted for inflation? Okay, so mostly an analytical decision to be made there. Choosing the right pension option. Now, obviously, this isn't going to apply to everybody, but most folks, when they retire, they have like six or seven or eight different pension options in a lot of cases where you know you can have a full spousal benefit or your spouse can continue to get half of what you're getting after you're gone or you know, all these different options. Uh, is that going to be chess, roulette, or poker making that decision? So before I answer the question, I've got to tell you kind of a funny story. So we have, obviously, in our area, many engineers, and uh, I love engineers. Every time I get on an airplane, I thank God for engineers that built that plane. But many engineers come in, and they try to outsmart the pension decisions. They, they come in with this amazing graph 
that shows why one decision is better than the other. And I have, I'm going to burst your balloon right now. Actuarially, the decisions are all equal. There's not one better than the other from an actuarial standpoint. When you have a law of large numbers, many, many participants, those decisions are exactly the same. The only variable, there's two variables. One is how long are you going to live? And the other is, are you married or not? Um, but all those decisions are the same. So save your paper, okay? When you come in to see us on that pension decision, uh, you don't need to show us this analysis that you've done, um, just like you built wonderful jet airplanes and cars and things like that about how to beat the system. There's no beating the system. So I just want to be real clear on that. Um, as far as the pension decision, there are two factors that go into it. One is a pure analytical or a chess decision. You know, when should I take the pension and how should I take the pension? But there's another factor that's a little more subtle. And that is how good are you with money? How much do you trust your discipline with money? If you roll over your pension and take it in a lump sum and put it in a retirement plan, will you be disciplined enough not to foolishly spend the money? Or if you leave a rollover to a spouse or a child, will they be disciplined enough. So there's two decisions. One is just, you know, regarding, uh, disregarding the family dynamic, what's the best decision based on my life expectancy and my spending habits and how long I can leave my other retirement savings alone. But the other one is a different one. And it's how good am I with money? How good are my heirs with money that might inherit that account? And that might be uh, just as big of a factor in making that decision. So I would say for the most part, yes, but a little bit of a feel. You got to know people a little bit. So I guess it sort of gets a little bit into that poker piece where we have to know the other players. Seems like that's the case with a lot of these. It's hard to put them in one category. Although some of them, like you said, timing the market is pretty much roulette. Deciding how much money to convert to an IRA, definitely chess. That's purely analytical. How about picking stocks, Joel? Finding the right stocks that you want to invest in. Chess, roulette, or poker? I would say poker. There's some luck involved, um, but there's also some analysis involved. And so I think that's a little bit of both. And, you know, people are going to hear this and they're going to be all upset and send me emails saying, how can you say stock picking is luck? Again, I think that one of the biggest mistakes people make in life is they attribute luck to their own wisdom and smartness. I, I can tell you, I saw this back in back in early 2008, end of 2007. I can't tell you how many people have come out of their, come into our office um, maybe in 2010, 2011 and said, I was smart. I got out of the market. I knew something was going to happen. I got out of the market ahead of time. And sometimes that's the worst thing that could have happened because now they think they're really smart. They're really skilled and they make a mistake with that with that illusion of how smart they are, how good they are, and they make a mistake that maybe costs them even more money because they got lucky just as much as they were smarter. They probably, it was probably 90% luck and 10% smart. So as far as picking stocks, I own a lot of individual stocks myself. Um, when I own my stocks, I don't always expect to beat the market. Sometimes I own certain stocks just because I like dividends. Other times I own stocks because I want to track the market. Other times I buy growth stocks, stocks that if they work out, they will probably beat the market. But I just like individual stocks. And a lot of our portfolios, we do choose individual stocks with a lot of research and so on. So I think there's a little element of luck involved, but there's definitely some skill involved in analysis and so on. So um, part chess part, what would we say, John? Poker? What's the middle? I yeah. guess yeah, poker is the middle point. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so last one for you is going to be determining when to start your social security. Chess, roulette, or poker on that decision? Pure chess. Pure analysis. 
Um, and even, you know, obviously life expectancy goes into it a little bit, but a lot of it is how much other retirement savings you uh, do you have. And if you trigger Social Security early, then does it allow you to leave other retirement savings alone that you have control over longer? Because remember, you don't have a lot of control over Social Security. There's no lump sum there that you can pass on or, you know, take intermittent payments out, out over so on. So that's mostly a chess decision. Again, there's a little bit of a guess in there on life expectancy, but for the most part, it's pure chess. It's pure analytical based on where your other money is. So so many of these decisions, I think people just don't know where to even start the process when they're trying to decide what they need to do for themselves. Some people don't even know these are decisions they should be making or need to be thinking about. Great time to come in for the Money Map Retirement Review and walk through some of these issues. Yeah, I mean, come on in because it is hopefully you're understanding here that, you know, financial planning um, left to your own devices, most people make the wrong decisions because there's an emotional element to all of us. There's a psychological element to all of us, which is where most people make mistakes. It's not just analyzing things. And the smarter you are, the less you think you're susceptible to those emotional decisions. So at least get a snapshot of where you're at now and what you should do to bridge the gap from today into the future. And that's what we call our Money Map Retirement Plan. Call 1-800-705-1232. This is a plan. It's a real plan that gives you an analysis on where you are going if you change nothing. And if you change, let's say, one item, what that does for you. So we will help you figure out your goals. Maybe you already know your goals and exactly how to get there. And then do a gut check. Where are you? Where are you on that continuum? Are you on track? Are you behind the eight ball? Have you already reached your goals and you're all set? And now it's just about extra money and some of the phenomenal decisions you can make, whether it's for charities or for legacy or or helping out your community or blessing nieces and nephews and so on. But you want to get that Money Map Retirement Plan first so you know where you have those decisions to make without, of course, jeopardizing your own retirement. And by the way, if you're already retired, you need to get a gut check a snapshot on how you're doing so far. A lot of times people think, well, I've already retired. I can't really come in and get that money map. It's not going to be a benefit for me. Yes, it will be. It'll be a huge benefit for you. So give us a call 1-800-705-1232. Get your personalized, customized money map. No obligation whatsoever, no cost. And you'll get a copy of my newest book, The People's Retirement Handbook. Again, 800-705-1232 is the number to call or text if you'd like to get that Money Map Retirement Review for yourself. 800-705-1232. As Joel said, when you come in, you will get a copy of his book, The People's Retirement Handbook. You'll find that helpful as he referenced uh, some things, some behind the scenes things that happen in the financial world that you'll be interested to learn about. Again, that number to call, 800 800- 705-1232. That's 800-705-1232. You're listening to Joel Johnson's Money Wisdom. Joel is a certified financial planner and the CEO of Johnson Brunetti, the official wealth management partner of the Yukon Huskies. And now it's time to answer some questions in the mailbag, Joel. Let's start today with David. David says, what's a good way to invest money that we'll likely use to buy a rental property in about three years? Three years seems like too long to just have it in the bank, but not long enough to have it in the market. Really interesting question from David there. I'm curious to hear what you say on this. 
Yeah, sharp question there. I, I think, David, what you need to do is find a money market account or a super, super short-term bond fund. And in today's interest rate environment, you might only earn one and a half to 2% on that money. But if you absolutely need that in three years, you don't want to take a big risk in the market, especially with where the market is today. You know, don't try to make a couple extra bucks and then potentially lose you know, five or 10% of your money, just put the money aside, count it as cash. I know it's not the best long-term investment in the world, but you have a a plan for that money. And that money is designed to create a much bigger return starting in three years. So you're just going to have to pile up cash uh, today and not get a very high interest rate. Looking at the sort of the principle behind his question of, well, you know, we don't want to have money in cash for too long, but also we need time on our side if we're going to be in the market. Is there a time to you where you say, all right, well, you need at least this long of a timeline if we're going to have this money invested in the market? Or is it just truly a a personal case by case decision? I think for most people, it should be at least five years. When you put money in the market, it, it should be at least five years, maybe even seven years. Now, if we were talking and the market had just gone way, way down, um, like it did, you know, in March of 2020, then um, then maybe, you know, a three-year time horizon is, is a good time horizon. But um, for the most part, I would say five years or more that you should, that you should have a chunk of money. Um, if you have, a, let's say, a six-year goal um, of you need the money in six years or you need the money in five years, then you know go ahead with the market exposure. But again, this depends on somebody's individual situation. So one of these questions is very hard to answer um, over the radio without seeing their whole situation. All right. How about Sheila? Sheila says, I'm trying to set up an account so that I can roll over an old 401k and have explored different companies. What's the difference between choices like Fidelity, Charles Schwab, Vanguard, or others that I sometimes see commercials for, who has the best investment options? Most of the investment options with those companies you mentioned are the same. And also now most of them have commission-free trading. And so it's really just a matter of what's simple for you. Um, many times if you have accounts, for instance, maybe you work for a company that has a 401k and the, cust- the custodian of that is Fidelity. So you have a Fidelity 401k with through your company. Um, if you set up a Fidelity brokerage account, it'll all show up on the same portal when you log in. And so um, that's part of the decision. But Fidelity, Schwab, Vanguard, TD Ameritrade, um, they all pretty much have the same platform. And that's one of the beauties of free markets, by the way. You know, sometimes the marketplace takes care of itself. Um, you know, those companies all compete for your money. And so they're very, very competitive as far as costs and things that are available and so on. So I would say for the most part, it's what you feel comfortable with. Or maybe, again, you can keep it simple by going with a company where you have other money with that company elsewhere. So I've heard a lot of people say, well, you know, I have one IRA at Vanguard and one IRA at Fidelity because that makes me diversified. <laughs> but but that's <laughs> yeah. not what diversification actually is. No, I mean, that's like saying, you know, I do some of my shopping at Stop and Shop and I do some of my shopping at Kroger's. And so I'm diversifying my groceries. They're selling the same stuff. So, um, yeah, that's not diversification. Diversification is different types of investments that act differently at different times. And so that's true diversification, not just, you know, like, like if you have a Chevy and you put it in my garage and then you take that Chevy and drive it down the street and put it in my neighbor's garage, it's still a Chevy. 
it doesn't make a difference what garage it's in. So diversification is not having a different brokerage account somewhere. It's having different investments, whether it's in the same place or with multiple different brokerage accounts. It's different investments. That's what diversifies you. All right. One more mailbag question for you, Joel. This comes to us from Tim. Tim says, our house has proven to be a money pit and we're tired of repairing one thing after another. We're so fed up that we're ready to just sell the place and rent something until we figure out our next move. Would it be silly for us to become renters again in our 50s? I don't think so. Um, the world is changing. I was having a conversation with, uh, with one of my boys the other day and he's saying, I don't want to own a house. Um, I just don't want to own a house. I want to have the flexibility. I want to have the flexibility. If I get a job in Texas or Minnesota or California, I can turn around and move tomorrow and I don't have to worry about selling a house. And so it, it is different than it was when I was young. And the big goal was to own a house and not pay rent. And, you know, when people analyze the cost of owning a house, you know, I pay on my home in Tolland, I pay $12,000 a year in taxes and then there's upkeep and so on. So I am probably paying $2,500 a month or $3,000 a month just to own that house, just to own it. I can rent a pretty nice place for 3000 a month. And you know what? If I want to go to Europe for a month or six weeks, I close the door and walk away and come back and somebody else has to worry about it. So I'm not saying to definitely rent, but I'm saying that is not a foolish decision to be contemplating. What was your advice to whichever son it was that was asking that question? Are you trying to steer him into thinking more about home ownership, or are you telling him, yeah, you know what, that's fine? Yeah, I didn't really give him any advice. I just smiled and I looked at my wife and, and I kind of nodded because we had had that discussion uh, earlier. I mean, it is just, it's different these days. And, you know, think about the work at home economy too. I mean, you, you don't have to necessarily be in the same place. So I know people that we've actually used some of their services where they'll go to France and live there for six months. And they'll turn around and go to Canada and live in Toronto for six months. And then they'll go to Panama, you know, during the winter time. And so it's just a different world. So I didn't necessarily give him any advice, but I didn't steer him to, to home ownership because he's a kid that loves to travel. Um, he loves to see the world. He's a pretty intellectual kid. He loves to learn. And so, you know, as long as he's saving money um, somewhere else, then I don't mind that he's thinking about not buying a house. And you know what? When I was that age, I thought I knew a lot. And now I realize I didn't know a lot. So I know that three or four or five years from now, things could change. His opinion could change. Yeah. So interesting to know that that discussion is happening even in the Johnson family. Well, if somebody has questions similar to any of these Joel, and they want to come in for the Money Map Retirement Review, give us the quick summary on how to make that happen and then what happens when you come in. It's real simple. Just make a phone call. Call 1-800-705-1232. Tell us you want to come in for the Money Map. We'll find a time on the calendar. There aren't unlimited spots on the calendar, so you want to call now. But set up a time. Come on in. Get the Money Map. We'll answer individual questions. Um, that you have regarding any subject, but we want you to leave with a money map retirement plan. It's a really, really good plan. Um, it will show you where you're at today and based on your goals, how you're doing on meeting those goals. And if you're already retired, we want to do a stress test on your portfolio and make sure you're not taking too much risk and you're going to be okay for the rest of your life. So that's the money map retirement review. But again, a lot of people just want to come in and talk about one account, something they need advice on. Maybe they're working with another financial advisor. They want a second opinion. That is just as urgent. 
right. This has been an interesting year. You've got to look at this year as an opportunity to do a reset for your future. So call now, 1-800-705-1232. Come on in, get your money map. No obligation, no cost. We're here to serve you, 1-800-705-1232. Once again, that's 800 800- Seven zero five one two three two. You can call or you can text if that's easier for you. Bottom line is go ahead and reach out now while it's on your mind. As Joel said, those openings aren't unlimited. So go ahead and call now. Find a time to get on the calendar for your own money map retirement review. And by the way, we've had some folks tell us in the past, well, you know, I, I don't want any of my information to uh, be on the radio. I just want to have a private conversation. No, no, we're not talking about your situation on the radio. Uh, this is you calling in to say, hey, I would like to come in to have a private conversation for my money map retirement review. Sometimes people say, well, you know, I, I don't have my calendar in front of me right now. I'll call later. I'll call another time uh, when I'm in front of my calendar and can schedule the visit. Uh, you won't be scheduling the visit right now. And I can guarantee you, if you call later, you're you're not going to call later because you'll forget. So all you're going to do right now is just call, leave a message, let us know you'd like to get that Money Map Retirement Review. Somebody from the team will reach out to you during regular business hours and find a time to make that happen for you. 800-705-1232 is that number. 800-705-1232. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll talk with you next week. Same time, same place. I'm Joel Johnson's Money Wisdom. Money Wisdom is sponsored by Johnson Brunetti. Investment advisory services offered through JB Capital LLC, a registered investment advisor. Insurance products offered through JN Financial LLC. Johnson Brunetti is a paid sponsor of the Yukon Huskies athletic program. Better Money is sponsored by Johnson Brunetti.